Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together and do this twice a week. I drag someone into my office to uh, chop it up over the Bible, biblical ideas and principles, and we share that with you. So this week we've got Sean Duncan with us. Sean, hey, yo. hello. Good to be back. Let's have it. I'm excited. So Sean, you are the uh, college pastor here at University Fellowship Church. We have been in Matthew 5. Mm-hmm. Every time I come in here, I just talk about Matthew 5. Yeah, yeah. the, the listener. The, the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. The listener yeah. will have no clue how long we've been recording this because it could be three years before they hear this recording. Yeah, I'm guessing that there's going to be other things in between. Mm-hmm. Then every now and then they get a little Sermon on the Mount Ooh. excerpt from Sean. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually in like seven years, I'll exhaust the Sermon <laughs> on the Mount and then we'll go on to something else. <laughs> Sean, you'll be the Sermon on the Mount guy. Yeah, so no surprises. I'm going to keep talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and when we've been together, we we still haven't even left what's called the Beatitudes, which is the first few verses of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5. And it's when Jesus says, blessed are the, blessed are the, and then he has these kind of rhythmic lines that are, are really popular lines. Like These are some of Jesus's most familiar sayings. Uh, it's really popular saying, but this is how Jesus starts his sermon. So if um, you're hearing this for the first time, there should be like seven other episodes without me on here. And yeah. it's definitely going to be somewhere on the Mount so far. So, um, but just for a background, this is Jesus's first teaching in the book of Matthew. And he's saying this specifically to his disciples. It starts off in Matthew chapter five, that Jesus saw the crowds and then he goes up on a mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him there. So there's an emphasis on his disciples coming to him. And the first words out of his mouth, are blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And he goes through this list. So the thing that makes someone blessed is that they're a disciple. It's not a formula. It's not that if you begin to mourn, then you'll be comforted. Because there are going to be people in this world who mourn who will not be comforted because they're not a disciple. But these are promises that Jesus gives to his people because they have come to him for salvation and rest for their souls because they are his disciples. So that's where we're at. And we've been walking through and each time we've been together, we look at one uh, blessed phrase of Jesus. So we've done blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. And this week, we're going to do the last one of these eight. And there's actually going to be a bonus blessed, but it's going to change from a general blessed are the peacemakers to being specific second person. Blessed are you, but we'll look at that one next time. Great. I hop into your office. So um, out of those eight beatitudes, the first one, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now this last one, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the fancy word for that is called an inclusio. Um, it's what you have actually in your office right now. I can like look around and see that you have things at the end of your books that support your books. They're called bookends and usually bookends look the same. So it's like a bookend for a speech or a bookend for a saying or, or a song. Songs have bookends too. So that's what an inclusio is. But then there's also a little bit of structure for the first four Beatitudes. The fourth one is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we talked about the idea of righteousness when we did that podcast. And now the second fourth one, so the eighth one, is blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So there, there's structure to Jesus's beatitudes. All that's for free. Like there's nothing. <laughs> that's one costume. <laughs> there, yeah, there's nothing like spiritually edifying about that. Just be, besides the fact that Jesus was very smart and he was intentional with what he said, and also the biblical authors are really intentional with how they record things. And there is rhyme and reason for why things are said the way they are said. There is intentional design. You just wait till Dan Brown comes out with his book on the Sermon on the Mount. Wow, I yeah. don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I'm sorry. I don't know who Dan Brown is. He wrote uh, Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code, oh, like the Gnostic, hiddeny kind oh, of ha, gotcha. Ha, ha. Good one, Chris. <laughs> Dang it! You I missed got my me. audience on that one. That was funny. Someone, someone's laughing. Someone's laughing. Right <laughs> yeah. So, so today, I just want to talk about uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, we talked about this idea of righteousness as not just being that someone does like a good thing. I think that's kind of how it gets stigmatized in popular culture, not just in the Christian world, but just in the American world. Oh, that person's really righteous. It means they do good things. But righteousness is the quality that allows and produces right relationship. So God is a righteous God, meaning every aspect of God produces right relationship now right relationship looks different under different circumstances a right relationship when someone has broken law is that there's consequence but at the same time right relationship when someone has asked for forgiveness is to forgive them and to extend grace and mercy and compassion and so god is a righteous god he possesses all the qualities to allow right relationship and his people are called to not only be righteous which is a high bar, which is why we need the righteousness of Christ, but also to pursue righteousness. And we talked about that of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. But then it turns out that Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Turns out when you want right relationship in the world, and when you know that that can only come through a right relationship first with God, and you're pursuing after that, Turns out the world doesn't actually appreciate that all no. too often. Yeah, and, and Jesus is aware of this, that it might come with persecution. So persecution is, is being um, harassed and, and pushed uh, away or to the outskirts or, or even violently attacked because of um, either religious beliefs or a position that you hold. In this case, the, the pursuit of righteousness or the desire to see righteousness in the world. Um, which, as we read through the Bible, we know that first comes through a right relationship with God and then to pursue gospel reconciliation with those around us. So I think that this beatitude is actually especially um, impactful right now because so this is fall 2021. Um, recently, the U.S. removed themselves from Afghanistan. I'm not going to like you can have your opinion on whether that was right or wrong. Um, but immediately then the people who have taken over um, Afghanistan are not so friendly to Christians, <laughs> like to say the least. Yeah. Um, so news articles are just about the the persecution and the danger for Christians. And, and for a while, social media was just flooded with these videos of people trying to get on planes, trying to leave Afghanistan because of how dangerous it was. Um, lots of people asking for prayer for pastors and for Christians who are now going underground in Afghanistan. And by all means, we should be praying for them, for their safety and, and for their health, for their life. But I think this is a, an especially comforting passage to those people right now that 
Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There, there is something about the tragedy that those people are facing. Um, but as believers, Jesus comforts them with, you're blessed and the kingdom is yours. You hold the kingdom and even death itself is not going to get the final word. But this is a reality that that all Christians might face at some time. Um, persecution also has sometimes, I think, in American culture gotten stigmatized as um, like a mark that you're doing a good job, which isn't necessarily the case. In the book of Acts, there's periods where the church experiences peace and growth, and it's celebrated in the book of Acts. Like It's such a good thing to not be persecuted. However, you might be persecuted because you are pursuing a right relationship with God in a, a world of, of sin and brokenness is in rebellion to God. So if you are pursuing God, then often the world that is in rebellion to God will also be in rebellion to you. So th- that's the idea of being persecuted. It's not like, oh man, the church won't turn down the AC. It's a little warm in here. I'm sweating. That's not persecution. I don't know, man. A couple <laughs> weeks ago. <sighs> well, I actually had to, I had to grab a sweater because it's cold in your office. I was I'm sweating. I was feeling attacked. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that. It's it's a, a slandering and attacking for your your convictions that you hold. Um, but I also don't want to minimize the things like, I mean, I did youth ministry for so long and and sometimes middle schoolers and high schoolers would be discouraged because they would get made fun of by their classmates for being Christian. Uh, I was actually the middle schooler in middle school who was making fun of Christians for being Christians. Like, And I was, I think, pretty verbally abusive telling them that they're stupid, that they're idiots, they they should know what they believe and why they believe it, that they have no evidence. And, and I'm just railing on them. That's a form of persecution, too. Is it the most extreme form of persecution that you could experience? No. But if you haven't experienced anything more extreme than that, then for you, it really is a big deal for you. So I don't want to minimize anyone's experience of being attacked for their convictions and who Jesus is. But then also, we don't want to see the flip side of just like, oh, when people don't like me, I'm being persecuted, because that's also not the case. Maybe you're not polite. (laughs) <laughs> maybe, maybe you're not likable yeah maybe you're not kind or maybe you just say mean things because so so don't just equate people being rude to you as persecution it's it's specifically for your conviction of who god is what is true about the world who jesus christ um was and is and is to come it's those beliefs and then being um, attacked pushed aside verbally or physically assaulted for those things like what i was doing in middle school to the Christians. That's what the idea of persecution is. Yeah. I think that's a really good distinction to make because uh, I think, you know, I don't know how prevalent it is, but I've certainly encountered sometimes where people misapply, you know, they think they're being persecuted and really it's just a product of circumstance or of their decisions. Mm -hmm. And that can inform how you respond to that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this last beatitude, I think can be comforting for all of us to know that that when the world turns against us because of our our love for Jesus, that it's not the end of the world just because the world's turning against us. That ours is the kingdom of heaven. And we worship a king who was crucified and was killed. And he actually, he accomplishes victory through the surrender and willing death that he faces. And we can take joy and comfort knowing that we're sharing in the sufferings of Christ, and Christ has shared in our sufferings when we when we submit and we're even willing to to die because ultimately death doesn't have the final word. There is no better news than that. Yeah. 
That's so good. Yeah. Sean, always just unpacking such good, good meat to chew on out of this stuff. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 